0: Welcome to the Real Recovery AA Big Book Solutions Podcast. I'm Natalie. I'm here with my co-host, Michaelis.
1: Hello, guys.
0: And Norma, our special guest for today.
2: Would you like to say hello? Hi. Hi. Glad to be here. Thank you, Norma. She's like, no.
1: (laughs) Hey, fuck all these people. (laughs) No, like strenuous work.
0: (laughs) Our definition of strenuous work when it's inconvenient and when we don't want to. So hopefully you guys aren't feeling that. But if you are, thank you for showing up regardless to be of service today. So um, I'll just explain what we're up to here. Hopefully those of you tuning in have heard uh, some of the other amazing episodes and guests that we've had on prior to this one Um, I was checking out actually like the traffic and the stats and stuff. And we've had like hundreds of listeners so far on this podcast. Yeah. So it is getting out into the world. People are hearing this very amazing, important and valuable message. So thanks to, I mean, Michaelis for carrying the message so far, you know, through the years and down the line. And thank you. That's so crazy.
1: That's that's so weird. I didn't know that. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. A couple hundred Sweet. so far. That's awesome. Right, and cool. that's only on one platform. So FYI, everybody, we're on a number of platforms. We're on Anchor, which is owned by Spotify, which is where I host the podcast from. We're on Spotify. So you can even like, I mean, I'm subscribed in my Spotify, like, and I see our logo and can listen. We're on Apple, we're on Google, like a number of different ones. So anyway, however you found this podcast, you can click and find out more. We even have a website that just uh, introduces me, introduces Michaelis as the co-host for this podcast. So um, just to share a bit about you know, what it's about. So it's AA, big book, um, real recovery. And what all of that means is, of course, Alcoholics Anonymous. If you're hearing this, hopefully you know that. And hopefully you've heard of the big book. Um, So that's the book Alcoholics Anonymous. So the 12-step process that was, you know, formed and popularized through the, the book that's called Alcoholics Anonymous is the tool that we use and a lot of people around the world use to do the 12 steps, which guarantees a process of spiritual awakening and experience if you follow the program as it's outlined in the big book. And um, so the purpose of this podcast is to interview and talk to people who have and have them share their experience, strength, and hope But not just like you hear it normally in an AA or recovery meeting. It's not like, oh, my drinking and using and then I got clean and then what it's like. It may be that, but more so it's like this big book study process. So it's like before the big book study and then how did that find you? What's the process like? And then your life as a result of this process. So it's really impactful, insightful, powerful, and life-changing. You know, it's changed my life. That's why I'm here. I know I can say the same for Michaelis. And um, yeah, so excited to talk to Norma and see what your story is today. So Michaelis, would you like to maybe introduce her or start with a
2: question? For yeah, Norma? I mean,
1: I feel like everyone kind of knows that her name is Norma. What's up, Norma?
2: Norma, alcoholic. <laughs>
1: All right, we're like so legit now. So I guess the question for you, Norma, is um, when was the first time that you tried to get sober and why?
2: Um, gosh, I started to feel like my drinking was... Uh, starting to get dangerous driving and I couldn't remember that I drove um so that was I would like to say like probably like 10 years ago it's been so long maybe even longer and at that point it was just me on my own just feeling also like a spiritual call thinking like whoever my higher power at the time I know would not want me to be doing these things because you know I could kill myself hurt my family and all of that so um, I started to think about those things and really take them seriously but um, you know just like the book says after a little while that plan is too too much and uh never mind I was overreacting now I can have a couple drinks and then it would be fine a couple times a few times and then it would not be okay it would be um drama or (laughs) or, uh, blackouts and things like that um so it was a long time of me doing that trial and error and that dance of like trying to cut down and just definitely alcohol. I was just like, alcohol is a big problem, but I would still do other things and think it was okay. Um, But eventually I I would always drink. That was like the thing that made me feel the way I wanted to feel initially.
1: So you spent a long time like just trying to manage it on your own then, like without AA, without any of that stuff.
2: Yeah, a long time. You know, I went from from vodka uh, vodka soda vodka cranberry to um, I was like okay the vodka is a problem because I'm blacking out too fast so we're gonna go move on to beer because I like beer it's like soda and so I could just put those down pretty quickly um, anyway and so it would take a longer for me to get to the blackout point but I would always get to that point you know not always but you know the times that were very scary that made me reflect and really realize that like I, you know, I wasn't in my 20s anymore. It's not cute anymore. Like it's just, uh, it's dangerous and my career could be um, uh, damaged, so many different things, you know. Um, But yeah, I, I was trying to do it on my own for so long and I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it was the mental health. I did think it was like no, maybe I'm just depressed and I just have anxiety and I would drink for that. So it was this whole thing that would pull me back and forth. What is this thing? And why, why do I keep doing it? You know? Did you see Um, like
1: psychiatrists or therapists during that time?
2: Yeah. I've seen a handful of therapists. And even when I moved here in Hawaii, I remember having a therapist that's like, I don't think you're alcoholic. Maybe you just need to drink a little bit. Like, cause you kind of try to cut it all out and then you know I go all out you know I can only sustain that it's like try to be too good too soon and I I can't hold out that much you know eventually um you know the other the other crazy person inside me would come out with a vengeance
0: wow the other crazy yeah. person reminds <laughs> me of the Jekyll and Hyde
2: yeah I, I remember having I had a friend that she's like you're like Jekyll and Hyde you know it's fun in games and then all of a sudden it's like there's a switch and my friends could see that switch a lot of my friends like that switch because you know some of them they're like oh bring naughty Norma out because I would be more carefree (laughs) and just silly and just when I'm sober I'm so rigid and tight and trying to do everything perfect and just like not fun at all (laughs) you know um yeah so um when i was here in hawaii and i had to move a few times i remember getting rid of some um some journals and i was looking through them and the consistent part was me consistently saying if i could just get sober if i could just stay sober for years like years of journals and it was so sad and i i ended up throwing them away Mm -hmm.
0: so what happened to you know what got you into sobriety
2: um the thing that it was kind of like a sideways way to enter i had a relationship that really just broke my heart and destroyed me (laughs) um and i i was like this isn't normal the way i'm grieving this relationship it's two years in i'm still just so broken and i started researching love addiction and I don't know how I ended up coming into Al-Anon um because I thought he was the problem you know (laughs) um and then by sitting in some of those meetings they talk about powerlessness and they talk about alcoholism and it was explained in a little bit uh of of a way that I don't know I just heard it different and then I was like you know what I'm not able to stop drinking like I I'm I'm the one with the problem, too. Maybe I should go to AA. And so that was my entry into AA. Through the back door. Um, how yeah, long ago was it? The, uh, 2018 was when I first entered AA. I had gone to one meeting previously, but one of my friends took me um, in LA. And I don't know, I think everybody seemed like they were meth was a big thing there or something everybody was wearing leather jackets and I think it was a club or something I was like oh yeah definitely not like I'm fine like I'm not I'm an alcoholic (laughs) you know yeah but um, when I entered here I started to hear the message a lot clearer and it really resonated with the fact that Um, these people were able to stop drinking and it didn't matter how much because that was another thing that was like, I don't drink every day. I can go three to four months by that time, but yeah, three to four months, but then I end up in the ER or almost like die, you know, and it's kind of a big deal, you know, so it doesn't matter um, the frequency. It's the way I do it. It's the, it's the unmanageable.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you got sober in 2018.
2: Uh, yeah, I came to AA here in Hawaii. I joined the rooms. I heard what people said, get a sponsor, get a home group, you know, work the steps, all of that. And I thought, get a sponsor that, you know, they look like they have all of the things that I want. So I did pick someone that was like, oh, she looks like a successful lady. <laughs> and so um, I went. Ten months, no drinking, um, fully sober, working the steps, but I was just feeling more and more miserable. I was—I remember telling everybody. I kept telling them, "I think I'm doing something wrong. Like, I'm not letting go absolutely, and I don't know what I'm not letting go. Like, I was just like paranoid that like I'm just something's wrong, wrong. something's off because I feel worse. Like every time, as time passed, it's, something was off." Um, and I have had big issues with anxiety, and I think at that time I had a job, and I had super bad anxiety about it, and I quit my job. It's kind of like what I did, kind of what I've done in the past, where I just feel so overwhelmed, and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm a liability to the company. I can't do this to them, and I just like I quit. Um, and so that meant moving out of my. Place and living out of my car. That was my solution. And so, knowing this, I remember crying and going to my roommate's uh, refrigerator and grabbing a beer and like praying and saying, I'm sorry, God. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to drink. And that was like at 10 months, but that was like the longest that I had ever gone because it was like three, three months, four months, all on my own. So, there was something to it, you know, even though it wasn't um, the recovery that I needed at that time. Yeah.
1: How, how did you work? Oh,
2: you're glitchy. <laughs> Are you there? Okay. Did what was that? Me? I was just yes. wondering
1: how how you worked the steps with your sponsor that first time.
2: Um gosh, it's hard to remember. I think she would just tell me what to do. Maybe some worksheets. I think there were some worksheets and I definitely did the inventory through the worksheets. I got up to the seventh step. Um, and you know, everybody talked about this inventory and how life freeing is, it was going to be. And it just felt like a confessional. And, and I was like, that's it. Like, I just didn't see any truths about myself. I didn't get to see the world in a different way. Like nothing really shifted inside me. I, I was like, something's wrong. You know, like I just like super paranoid. I'm like, this isn't working. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I went through that.
1: So did you just kind of stop at the seventh step or do you move forward from there?
2: No. So oh, I ended up drinking at that point, and I think I got a new sponsor at that time or something. I don't know what happened. Um, my sponsor at that time had some health issues, and um, meeting with her was really difficult. And um, I I made the decision to to just let her know that I thought her health was important, and I just I felt like a jerk every time she canceled, especially on my inventory or fifth step. Um I I really wanted to get it out of me because I thought I would get relief. And every time it got canceled, I was just super heartbroken. And I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dying. You know, like I felt so, so much pain. Um and yeah, and and then guilt for for being upset that she had to cancel because she had serious health issues. So yeah. Mm. I felt and then that you- it was time to to get a different sponsor.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I drank. So was it just the one beer at the roommate's
2: house? Oh, it was supposed to be the one beer, but of course, like, I'm like, (laughs) okay, one more. Okay. One more. I just drank all her beer. It was like a six pack or something.
0: And then did you continue your sobriety after that or were you off to the bases? Okay. And then, so you got another sponsor.
2: I got another sponsor. Did you start
0: the steps over or what did that part of your process look like? Yeah, go ahead.
2: It's a little blurry of all the different sponsors that I got because I would ask people and sometimes their approach, I was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work next. And so I went through a lot of sponsors. And um, at that time, I started listening to um, speaker tapes. And I know that Mark H was a huge impact on my life and and I would always hear speakers that would um, talk about how they were still suffering until someone took them through the big book and I was like I want a sponsor that's going to take me through the big book I don't have time for this like I don't have time for the worksheets it doesn't work you know something's not right and these people with 20 years are saying that they waited that long and then the big book was the answer I'm cutting through, and I want it now because I'm. I don't think I'm. You know, I'm gonna make it. Wow. So then what happened? Uh, you know, my memory is so foggy. Um, let's see, a bunch of sponsors and um. Oh, and then I thought at one point, you know, my mind just trips me, of course, and I'm like. Uh, Again, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not an alcoholic. Maybe I'm just an Al Anon because I see most of my problems are in relationships. So I'm just going to go back to Al Anon. And I went back to Al Anon. um, So I didn't really leave the program, but I shifted over and I started drinking. I think at that time, I was like, I'm just going to have a couple drinks here, a couple drinks there. And I remember um, going out for a burger and a beer and that bar knows me so I probably got free drinks and then I went somewhere else and I knew someone there and they bought me drinks and at that time you don't say no to free drinks Um, and the night went on and I blacked out and I drove and I totaled my car so I was like yeah no I'm an alcoholic Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah for sure and you know I'm lucky to be alive I'm definitely lucky to be alive. I just I came to in the ER.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Um, and then did you go right back to AA or what did you do? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That one sponsor that was um helping me, she's a double winner. So um she was just really annoyed with me uh that I didn't take accountability for for you know the way I drank, because I was saying, oh, I just lost track of my drinks. And to me, I, I thought that was the truth, but, you know, I just had the allergy. And so, you know, I wasn't really understanding that. Um, but she felt that it was best that I find a different sponsor. And I was super brokenhearted over that because I really love this woman. And, you know, I've always had a really hard time trusting women. Um, and I still think she's an amazing person and everything. But um, that was, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And Then I asked another friend to sponsor me, but at that time I was already like looking for big book people, you know, I wanted big book. Um, And with that other friend, she was going to take me through the 12 and 12 and I was already starting to feel like I don't feel it. You know, I just wasn't feeling a connection to the work and I happened to hear, um, a girl shared at a meeting that I come to here in Hawaii on zoom. And, um, she mentioned how someone took her through the big book and she mentioned, um, and I don't know, I guess pride, right? Like I go to her, but I don't ask her to like, take me through the work. I'm like, who took you through the work? I want that person. to take through the work. It's like, go to the, go to the top. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's how I, uh, came to Michaela's and, she said that he was sharing the next day. I think it was at a different meeting and I can go um, see him or talk to him. And so that's, that's what I did.
0: When was that?
2: Um, that was in the pandemic. Um, was it 20? 20? 20, 20, 20, 20,
1: right? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, Joel uh, <laughs> that did the book with me. Do you remember? the girl yeah who is that
2: she's irish oh Mar- yes
0: marnie yes. yeah that's so
1: funny
0: oh that's she- who we were just talking about before we started
2: yeah, yeah.
1: that's hilarious wow
0: so
2: it is cool. it was 2020 it was around march or some somewhere around there yeah
0: well she's so actually cool. scottish right oh oops <laughs> or is she I- Irish? I don't know. I do want... Do
1: they hate each other? I don't know how yeah, that works. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: not good. Lastly, <laughs> Ed- edit that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, yeah. So you heard Marnie speak, and yeah. but you didn't want her. You wanted the person that took her. Took through. her,
2: and also because she mentioned it was a heat, and I have had more comfort with males than women so I was like oh if he's willing to to take her through then he'll be willing to take me through um I have a really comfortable relationship with my dad and my brother and um I've I've and since you know my previous woman's sponsor had dumped me <laughs> I was like okay let's change it up <laughs>
0: mm. So mean, right. Sorry, what did you say, Nicholas?
1: No, that's cool. I feel like you messaged me after I spoke at that meeting.
2: Yeah, in the meeting, I was crying. Yeah. I was like,
1: "Yeah, you were a mess. <laughs> yeah, you were I was them, a like, mess. Yeah, you're crying. You're nervous. You're afraid. You're hopeless. It was really, it was really sweet. <laughs>
0: yeah. So y'all yeah. started working together at that point. So mm-hmm. how did you find that the first topics of like, you know, the triangle and the service, uh, healing the spirit and, and all of that?
2: That was so important for me to hear um, and just broken down so simply in a way that just made sense. And it had never been explained to me before. I heard, I heard Marnie explain it a little bit at that meeting. And um, yeah, I just thought I was, I felt like, like woken up by, by the message. And I definitely felt different than how I had felt starting the the process with any other person. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm ready. When's the next session? And I, I was like, even wanting like, multiple sessions in a week let's do this faster I will I want to recover fast <laughs> and it's funny because I have people that do the same thing they always want to you know <laughs> well they're hungry for recovery
0: <laughs> yeah I I remember what Michaelis has said before um you know we need to hurry up and get into service not like hurry up and get through the process Mm -hmm. Because I I, there's a tendency for people that I work with that are like gonna use this format to work with others. They're like, but I wanna skip the forwards and it's like that's not what it's about. They need to hurry up and find people to take through. That's so that's very kind of backwards or just opposite Mm -hmm. from what you hear in meetings. So how long after when you um you know you were hungry and working with him as much as you could when did you uh, find your first person or how did, were you willing to find others right away or how was that part for you?
2: I was really uncomfortable with the idea because it's totally opposite what the fellowship says that we're supposed to do, you know, we're supposed to wait. Oh, go ahead.
1: How much time did you have at this time?
2: Um, probably like, i can't remember Um, days weeks
0: months
2: (laughs) well i drank my last drink was april 2nd 2020 so it must have been very like right after that yeah like
1: really really
2: quick really soon
1: yeah but okay.
2: but uh, yeah but I felt like I still had like somewhat of recovery um knowledge from like I was obsessed with all the speaker tapes and all of that but still I didn't feel qualified to to lead anybody else through anything it was like unemployable like just I can't do anything I felt um but I trusted what he said you know I believed what he said and um I don't know. I just, I don't know how he convinced me to do it. It wasn't even like very convinced. It's like, you got to do this. Like if you want to get better. And I was like, okay, it's like taking the medicine. Right. Um, So I approached my friends in recovery and I asked them if they can help me to take them through the book. And it was more like a favor to me (laughs) that they were doing it. And then I didn't feel so bad, like if I messed up or if I forgot something, if I'm stumbling over my words. And one of those persons had many, many years in recovery, um, but it renewed her program and her love for AA. And we were both, you know, learning as we went. And I heard somewhere that there's, both the teacher and the student are both learning at the same time, you know, and that's what it kind of felt like, Um, and um, I'm so grateful for the people that said yes in the beginning to me, because, you know, I didn't have that much time, so, you know, yeah.
0: That's amazing. Love that. That's the miracle, and that's where we need the willingness. I mean, it's, it's a, big pill to swallow, especially if you've been around the rooms for a while and you hear the opposite. You can't help anybody until you finish the entire 12 steps and, or until you have one year sober or whatever the thing is that you hear. So mm-hmm. I love that you've had that willingness to be open to, to the message. And, and I also love the way that Michaela says to, you know, if somebody's new, if somebody's got five days sober, Well, you approach people, it doesn't matter how long they have, like you said, and just say, this will help me. It's not that, oh, I'm going to impart all of this knowledge. Mm -hmm. You're, you're helping me. So like, they're kind of doing the 12th step as well by receiving the help.
2: Yeah, they're, they're showing up they're keeping me sober. They're literally keeping me sober. Like the days that I was just miserable or like, you know, felt like it wasn't, I was, feeling depressed or whatever. And I would talk to Michaelis question is how many people you're working with? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, and of course, every time that I, I talked to someone met with someone, um, I felt so much better because I didn't feel hopeless. And I felt like I had a purpose, you know, to just share this moment, this present moment and speak of, um, our higher power and the shift that it's having in our lives.
1: And then how long did people did you start to feel more comfortable working with people?
2: Um, I would say maybe like a couple months or something like that. You know, once the same regulars, they keep showing up, we know the drill and we know like what we're doing. And sometimes even I I didn't know, or there would bring up questions and I would say, okay, not sure. Let me, I'll, I'll have an answer for you. I'll ask, you know, because again, it wasn't me like giving them this knowledge. It's not my message, it's the message, it's the template that I have. And um, yeah, I don't have to have all the answers, you know. And that was, that relieved some pressure.
0: Right. I like to say the book is the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, and then, you know, you talked about kind of the mental health symptoms before, and even, you know, when you were sober the first time before you drank and just feeling that desperation that I've got to get through the steps, you know, I need to find relief. I mean, that's so common. People think they do the fourth and fifth, and that's going to be this big experience. And, you know, that's not how it is like, um, but even aside from that, how how has that aspect of your like emotional and mental health been since you've been in the process in this way with michaelis
2: so um right now i'm a year and 7 months sober so i feel like i'm still pretty like like moving into like long-term sobriety and so i still have some anxiety but i'm it's more manageable now you know i can call on my higher power i can you know, um, just accept that I'm feeling a little something inside me or um, it doesn't take me out like it used to. And it doesn't, the depression that I used to feel before, I thought I would rather not be here. I felt like there's never the light not the, uh, on the other side. And now um, it comes monthly. <laughs> and I usually just spot it by it it feels so different it's just like all of a sudden I don't feel like surfing all of a sudden it's just like kind of like a everything kind of goes bland but I already know that if I work with others and I you know go to meetings and do do all that stuff um, I pull through and it's not this hopeless state of mind that it was before you know it's just something that just kind of comes around but I know that it'll pass
0: mm, totally
1: and you've remained consistent with working with others pretty much this whole time
2: yeah the numbers fluctuate you know and I'm not as you know diligent as you are but I know that whenever I'm like I'm a little bit off I'm like okay like I need to people you know people drop off at Bill's story very often So I'm like, yeah, I need to find more people because they're leaving, you know, what if they don't come back? (laughs) How do you find people? Um, I share at meetings and I, you know, ask directly to people that are suffering in the rooms or, you know, just put my, put my hand out there.
0: (laughs) So you've been able to find people to work with doing that. Cause I know a lot of people, they They just feel like they can't ever find others and things, so for you to be successful at that, I think it's valuable for others to hear like how you do it
2: yeah i have I have people say that too, but I ask them, how many times did you ask uh people at the meeting this week?" and they're like, "Oh, none." <laughs> You know, it's, it's like sending my resume out and wanting a job, like, like, am I really doing it? Am I putting it out there? So the less I do it, the less likely I am to get the job, you know, so it's just about effort and willingness. And I know that if I make it my job, I'm going to meetings to just like, you know, see the people that are suffering, even if they have time or not, and just talk to them, um, they may want it. They may not want it. You know, but it increases my chances of working with others.
1: When you got sober, like in the middle of the pandemic, so it's pretty much all Zoom at that yeah. time. So was that challenging to go to Zoom meetings and try to find people to work with? Or
2: no, I I don't know. I feel like it's almost easier because I could just like hide in the chat box, you know, and do like direct message, and you know, if they say no or don't respond whatever um so i felt it's less intimidating than walking up to a human
1: (laughs) that's cool so you would just dm people during the zoom meeting and that's how you do it yeah that's dope yeah because everyone i talked to was like so they feel so weird about the zoom meetings they can't feel connected and they're like afraid to approach people they don't know how so it's cool they're like no they just dm them
2: (laughs) yeah exactly well, like i yeah. bet they did online what are they talking about yeah. <laughs> Well, i love the analogy you should, you should ask them that yeah.
1: okay mr bumble yeah totally, I know.
2: totally. <laughs> can't connect
0: <laughs> but i love the r- resume analogy and that's how it is it's just like you know you put out 20 resumes maybe you'll get one or two replies you ask mm-hmm. 20 people maybe one or two will answer but I always say like, it's, it's our enthusiasm. It's our energy, you know, that can really sell it because it's about like our state of being, you know, that people are attracted to, or even if it's just a message in a DM, you know, there might be, be something there that somebody senses.
2: Yeah. I think the times that I get asked is the times that I share at a meeting and I speak very enthusiastically and passionately about what we're doing um and yeah that comes through.
1: Do you feel like doing the book work has how you share like changed your message a bit?
2: Um yes it definitely has and yeah it definitely has. I I can share differently before I had the understanding that you share at meetings and people would do this thing that it's like they check in and they tell you they, like what they were annoyed in traffic or like, you know, I, I don't know. So now I, I, I can just talk about recovery and actually the solution and how my life is so much better because of the program. And um, yeah, that's how I, I can share
0: Oh, I love that. It is like a mindset shift, you know, coming to the meeting. Who can I help? Who can I be of service to instead of what can I get and take out of this, which was, you know, how I was for 20 years in the program. So um, it just, it's a, it's like a paradigm shift in a way. And it's really helpful. Even I'm, I'm working with somebody, she had four months, she had somebody very close to her, important to her diet, alcoholism, and she uh, had an emergency bottle of wine that she kept in her house, which I told her wasn't a good idea, but she still kept it, but she drank it last week, and, you know, but I told her, I said, you know, go to meetings and see who you can help, and just ask as many people as you can find to take them through the book. Yes, you are suffering, but that's going to be the thing that's going to at least get you out of your own mind for an hour when you're on the phone with somebody, if nothing else. And she now has the willingness and has asked a number of people and she's got all these people all of a sudden. So. It yeah,
1: gives us. I'm so proud of you, honestly, like, cause hear from people who are new that i work with are excuses you know just literally every reason why they can't work with people they don't have anything to offer they're afraid um it's a zoom meeting they don't know how to approach people like no one's going to want to like listen to them just all this stuff And like when i met you you were fucking broken you know you were really like you were a mess, you know, you didn't want to be on this earth. You had like extreme anxiety, like you were just so filled with like spirituality. And I remember weeks ago sitting across from you at Whole Foods and looking at like a woman, you know what I mean? Like who's confident and just is owning her stuff and like sharing coherently and you know what I mean? Just seemingly recovered and uh the fact that you like started this work right away and you didn't let anything stop you and you pushed through all those fears and all that like self-doubt and you did it anyway. And you really went to any lengths and the person that you become as a result of that is just such this shit does work for anyone with any amount of time, you know, because the truth is is that most people that approach me have time, even more time than me, you know, and they're trying to like refigure this out or they've been living a really, Uncomfortable experience, a long time sober, and they want to AA is really about. But you're one of those new people that just did it and started it, and it's shifted you. And it's just you're like an awesome example of what this program does. It's amazing. So
2: yeah, I'm so grateful. I just I don't think I would have made it. I don't know. Um, I was definitely in so much pain and suicidal and everything. Um, yeah. This process just for me like immediately I felt that like this is it you know this like hopefully it you know other people feel a shift too but um yeah I just trusted that other people have gone before me and they say this thing works in this specific manner the big book and um It does, you know, and the best thing for me is the fact that I get to give it to other people. And it's such an easy process because it's not of me. It's not like my own thing. It's not sharing like, you know, I'm not running their life or anything and like, don't know what to tell them or anything like that. Um, Or just I have the big book, which is my template of sharing and then as we're sharing, I get these little nudges from spirit to like, Hey, like ask this question or like, bring this thing up. And we have an awesome conversation about, you know, what it really is to feel um, the physical allergy or the mental uh, twist or, you know, or the spiritual malady and really like have examples of what that means. Cause I feel like that's the most important for people to like really realize what it is in my own life and have examples and I have them share their own experience. So that really, like, um, they really connect with that part of it. Um, because once we know where we're at, you know, feeling like divisive or like they're all wrong, then we know we're in the spiritual malady and something's off and I need to get into service and, um, um, and into the big book and Yeah.
0: To give is to receive,
2: it Mm -hmm. truly
0: is, and I never understood that, and, you know, for me, it was just, like, sponsorships optional, I don't want to sponsor, it's too much pressure, as, like, you're talking about, like, but when we just have this book to share and pass on, it just, and then we get, you know, information and knowledge, as you said, like, nudges and then we start trusting that, then it becomes bigger and bigger. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So how amazing. Um, Is there anything else either of you want to add? Any other questions or anything that you wanna share about this for anybody that might be listening that needs to hear something?
2: Um, something that comes to mind is I remember, um, sharing this process with someone and actually a few people that, um, I also sent some of the videos out for Michaela's and sometimes they would, um, rather than like work with others or like use that fire and excitement, they would start to just go through all the videos and just go through all the process. And I felt like, you know. When I started to share with them that, that fire that they feel for recovery and for learning and knowledge, like use that fire to seek other people, to give your number out, to take numbers, which is even more important because that's how you get to talk to them even more. Um, So yeah, whenever that fire to do something and to like gain more knowledge, like that's the energy that's moving through us. And if we can direct it to helping others, then we can get people to work with.
1: Well, yeah, because self-knowledge of us is nothing like they talk about that so many times in the book. And I mean, I did definitely did not make those videos for people to just like.
2: Ah. In
1: the videos, like you need to pass this on. Right. So. So, yeah, that's uh, interesting that people do that. But yeah, I mean, the magic only happens when you give it away. And actually, that's how the message evolves and deepens, because as you angles to reach new people, it like expands the message in the book, you know, just as it expands the concept of God and expands, you know, all the different ideas and the principles that we talk about and, you know. Gnostics today, when they talk about the jumping-off place to basically decide whether I think God is everything or God is nothing, like what that means to me today is way different than what it meant to me ten years ago or twelve years ago when I started this process, you know. And that, and the conversations about it, you know. So yeah, it's really working with others that I think is is the thing that makes the most profound, you know. So
0: <laughs> I had that experience yesterday. Um, or the other day I was in Bill's story with somebody and I mean, I've done it so many times now, you know, I think I know it, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting it. Mem- it's I'm memorizing it. It's just happening. And I had new awarenesses and insights like about where Bill talks about his bodily and mental health fell off like a ski jump. So even before that, he's like talking about all of this, this mental anguish, you know, taking the mattress to a lower floor, you know, Dr. Brange instead of like, I never saw that as like an emotional experience or hitting an emotional bottom until I was in the book with this person who then he, he brought it up and he, he, and he's like, Oh my, here's how the physical affected me. And here's how the mental, part of alcoholism affected me and then and then I just saw it in that page like I just never seen it before and it's just like on and on and on and on and it never ends it's so a really cool
1: it keeps it interesting I mean that's how I don't get bored of it you know after doing it for all these years it's always a new experience with these texts you know so yeah it's really cool well,
0: oh and also I'm getting a little chatty here but Anyway, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt. Um, oh my gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, the videos. That's right. Um, because those who've listened to the podcast and uh, know my story where, I mean, the way that this found me was a little unconventional, I guess you could say, but I started out watching the videos, the fact that Norma brought, so Michaelis, those who don't know, Michaelis has these videos on YouTube, which are great and, you know. We're happy to share them if you want, you know, reach out, but it's him going through the process, um, on video. And so I had not met Michaelis. I had met somebody he had worked with who gave me the videos. And so I just started watching them on my own. And I also like asked this woman, Hey, do you want to do a big book study? So we were watching the videos together and then I moved away, and then um, the pandemic happened, and then Michaelis wasn't finished with the videos. He was still in the process of making them, so they stopped, and then I was like, well, what do I do? I'm taking, you know, it was like a couple people through only on the videos, and then and I'm like, ah, I can't go any further, so I reached out to him, and I'm like, hey, are you going to be you know, finishing these things up, and then I asked him a couple questions, and he, I was like, is it okay to do it this way? Just the, the videos were sponsoring me through the book, but I was helping others. And he's like, well, yeah, you can do that. But the magic happens live one-on-one in a live one-on-one session. And then immediately I was thinking, Ooh, I would love to ask Michaelis to do that, but, Oh, he's probably too busy. He'll probably say no, you know, people like him, they're always, they're always full and they're too, you know, always. So I just had this immediate assumption. Like I'm not good enough cool enough you know he's full and busy and I'm like well would you be willing and he's like yeah sure and I was like oh wow okay so so that's how I started working one-on-one with him so speaking about the videos
1: you're way cooler than me (laughs) like
0: I have pink hair for those who are listening in an audio format
1: (laughs) yeah it's really good
0: Um, awesome well thank you so much norma is anything else you want to say anybody michaelis or
1: i'm good
0: you're good
2: Uh, you you kind of froze a little bit
1: (laughs) oh it's cool i just said thanks for coming
2: I'm good, too. I think I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. And it was a little uncomfortable and weird. But I said yes. And I always trust that it's a good process. And it's good for me to get out of my comfort zone. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you.
0: Yeah, you're so welcome. Well, the that same muscle that you had to like use to do this, you've already done that so much, you know, in finding people in the big book, right? In the beginning. So that's another one reason why I love it because it it just we, you know, it's we have a spiritual awakening, a personal a God powered personality change. So like that same person who's like on day one of the big book study that's like, hell no, I'm not gonna be asking anybody. If they actually do it and push through that uncomfortability, they change, and so you know that's exactly what I hear you describing. And and now you're able to to step out into your life in a bigger way, and do this in other areas. So that's awesome. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So thank you, and thank you, Michaelis, and. Yeah. Um, yeah so excited to be with you all today so stay tuned for another episode whenever i choose to drop one which is not consistent lately but that's okay all in god's time (laughs) and um yeah subscribe to our podcast follow us on social media i'm all over the place there michaelis is tiktok celebrity now and i don't know what else <laughs> um but yeah find us follow us all that good stuff and um see you next time
1: see you guys okay. thank you bye thank bye you guys